Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. So glad to join you today. Just got back from a trip to Israel. What a trip that is. It's a trip of a lifetime, and we took almost 60 people on a bus a busload through the Promised Land, up in the Galilee region, all the way down into Jerusalem, south into the Judean desert, walking where Jesus walked, and so many others, standing where in the area that uh, Elijah defeated the prophets on Mount Carmel, look, overlooking the Megiddo. Uh, we went into Bethlehem, into Nazareth. We uh, were all over, and uh, I came back a little... Um, jet lagged, of course, and my voice is a little tweaked, but we're here. We're going to serve the Lord together. We're going to give him what we have as an offering, and I'm glad that you've chosen to join us today. Now we're on three radio networks uh, across the country. We're on here, of course, Grace FM is where the show originates, covering all of Colorado and southern Wyoming. Uh, We're also on Hope FM, which includes uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. And then recently, we just added you guys on Truth FM. Welcome, welcome, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Welcome. You can call during the show. Just remember, if you're not listening on Grace FM, you're going to be hearing this show one week delayed. So you can call during the show. We'll take your call live, and then you'll hear it on your station one week later. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and there's a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. And just want to give you a heads up that we are planning, we're in the final stages of planning our 2019 Israel trip, uh, and that'll be in February of 2019, and we'll be getting more information available to you our radio listening audience, uh, we always open it up to our church first, and if we are unable to fill it up with our church, uh, we put it out on the radio, And uh, because we only take one bus, um, and we could take multiple buses, but we're only going to take one bus at a time. Helps you to see more sites, uh, get around faster, uh, get to know the people on your bus, and we'll be going again in February of 2019. And I just have a burden to take as many people to Israel as I can while it's open. Uh, and a lot of the questions around Israel is, what, is it safe? Yes, it is safe. And even while we were there, uh, you guys, some of you might have seen it in the news, the, the Iranian drone, drone that was over the northern part of the Golan Heights was shot down uh, by the Israelis and, and one of Israeli fighter planes uh, crashed. That happened while we were there. Uh, we were just at the Golan the day before. Fortunately, uh, the way our tour was, we weren't anywhere near it um, after the fact, and we stayed 
in a completely safe uh, environment for the entirety of the trip. So it is safe, and uh, we're just grateful to take people there. 303-690-3000. People are waiting, so let's get right to the phone lines. Michael, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. All I right. have a question off faith, and I need uh, some prayer about it, too. Okay. Um, I met with my pastor today. We have a standing appointment every week that we meet on Wednesdays and talk about things and what's going on. And uh, I've been having a hard time dealing with some things. I don't know if it's just something that I'm not paying attention to or if it's testing or whatever. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm walking in real faith right now or not after talking to my pastor because he asked me a question okay. that I couldn't answer he, because I've been praying about things going on that I'm dealing with and forgot for him to work his will out and stuff and confessing the needs that I have and thanking him for everything he's done for me and doing okay. for me and meeting my needs and stuff. But my pastor asked me a question. He asked me, in walking in faith, are you basically, I can't remember the exact question, but it comes down to this. In walking in faith, in faith, are you willing to accept whatever God is bringing about? Or am I wait? Or am I walking in what maybe what you might call circumstantial faith or cosmetic faith, and wanting God to do things, and you know expecting God to do things my way? And I couldn't answer that question that he asked me. Well, if I was you, you know, the way you describe your situation, it sounds like you. I, my, if I was you, I would have answered him both. Um, I'm living in both, and and the reason I think you're living in both is because. There's always a battle, Michael, especially when trials come, of being between the flesh and the spirit. And the spirit trusts God. And I know that you have a real genuine relationship with God and that you trust him uh, and that you are a man of faith and you have trusted him. And now circumstances have come, probably a financial situation that's outside of your control, that you're fearful and you're concerned and you're wondering and maybe even doubting or a little anxious and so that causes you to battle between the spirit and the flesh, take things into your own control. And so if I was you, the way you describe your situation, I would say that you're, you're, the answer to the pastor is both. And, and then you cry out like the disciples did, Lord, increase our faith uh, because I want to trust you. <clears throat> I want to walk. I want to walk in a way that um, uh, honors you, but I'm human. And so I'm asking you, God, to overwhelm and overrule my humanity and, and give me the faith that I need to persevere in this trial. Well, it's not just a monetary situation, Pastor. Whatever it might be. It, and it's not only physical needs that I'm dealing with. It's also things that I'm dealing with at the end of the month in about a week right. that are going to impact me greatly. Okay. And... and I know how I wish or desire for God to deal with things in that situation. But see, his question to me is, it's a challenging question. It is a challenging and question, like, but don't let it trouble you more than the situation. Let the Lord, let the Lord encourage you. 
Let the Lord strengthen you, Michael. Let, let God release yourself in submission and surrender to him and watch him work. So let me pray for you, okay? Lord, I just pray for my brother. I know that you have great and wonderful things in store for him, and uh, I just pray that you would um, establish him in the faith, especially with this challenge at the end of the month. Um, Lord, we just are overwhelmed by circumstances at times, and and our, our lives are just, we're so fragile. And so, God, we just pray that you would be a strength and an encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, before I get on to the next um, phone call, I just want to make mention of a great loss on earth today, but a great addition to heaven. Uh, Billy Graham, at the age of 99, entered into the presence of his Lord. And and uh, we, we miss him. Uh, he hasn't really been in active ministry for a while, but we miss him. And... Uh, we know that uh, uh, we know that his family's in grieving and mourning. Even though he was ninety nine, um, there's such a great concern um, for the loss of our dear Billy. I never got to meet him, unfortunately. I was one of always one of the <clears throat> one of the things I would I would have wanted to do is meet him in person. I know my, I have some friends, Skip Heitzig and a few others, that were actually able to go to his house and just meet him. I know I would have found a regular man. I know I would have found a normal man. I know I would have found a man that said if he could do it all over again, uh, he would have spent more time with his family. I mean, I know I know that. But man, it would have been a great honor to meet him and maybe befriend him and, and um, connect with him. Uh, but we miss, we miss him and uh, look forward to being reunited. I know today I was just inspired just to say, hey, see you soon. Heaven's up for, uh, ahead for us too. So let's, uh, let's finish our race well. Uh, let his life inspire us and finish our race well. 303-690-3000. Excuse me for the couple um, you know, breaks and things that, that you hear as I'm coughing off, off air, uh, that uh, you know, the, the, I'm getting over it. I, I'm, I'm not sick necessarily, just stuffed up. Um, so 303-690-3000. Matthew calling from Arvada, Colorado. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you today? Good, how are you? I'm doing very good. I had a question. Okay. Um, today, uh, I was on the internet and I came across something uh, called the Apostles' Creed. I was reading through it. Yes. Um, it began starting off by saying that it is from the Catholic religion. I read on, and a few lines down, five or six lines in, um, you know, apparently what I read is that the Apostles made this on the day of Pentecost. And uh, But it says, as Jesus died and he was uh, buried in the tomb, there is a line in the Apostles' Creed that says that he descended into hell. Yes. And when I read that, I immediately ran to my brother Stephen. He attends uh, a good friend of mine, always um, acknowledge him, and, and I'm always uh, very aware of where he is. When okay. I come across things, I'm always running to him, so... Great. Came across it, ran to Stephen, and he said, call in today. Yes. Ask Pastor Ed. Okay. And um, he mentioned something that, uh, you know, before Jesus, there was a place, remember the name he told me, it started with an S, where Sheol. people would go 
and waiting, and, and I yeah. just had more questions after that. Is that purgatory? I mean, what is... Yeah, is, let's back up a second. Um, first of all, the Apostles did not write the Apostles' Creed. It was written about 150 years before, uh, 150 years after the Apostles died. Uh, and it was, it was it's named the Apostles' Creed because uh, the Church Fathers that wrote it uh, claim that this was the exact teaching of the Apostles. It's a supposed record of what the Apostles taught. So when you read, so consider this, uh, the Roman Catholic Church doesn't really come into to play until about 400 AD with Constantine. So this okay. was actually written before the establishment of the Roman Catholic Church as you know it today, so that when the word Holy Catholic Church is used, it is not referring to the Roman Catholic Church, but the word Catholic with a small c just means universal. That's all it means. And so what they're saying is they believe in the one big church, just like you and I do. Uh, we believe it that the church is one body. Like, for example, the way we would say that today is, uh, I don't believe Calvary Chapel Aurora is the only church. Instead, I believe in the, in the larger body of Christ. Have you ever heard that be said before? Yes. Well, that's the ancient way of saying it. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. It's not the Roman Catholic Church, but it's with a little c. This was written before the formation. I know the Roman Catholic Church tries to date it back to Peter, but really it was Constantine that established Romanism in its form that we know it today, um, number one. Uh, and, and number two, this was written um, before the Roman Catholic Church, but about 100 or so years after the Apostles. And then the third question is, what about this descending into hell? It's a reference actually to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, in verse 9 it says, now this, he ascended, does it mean, what does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And before the, the final work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the eternal state was a place known as Hades. Um, the eternal resting state. It was, it was split into two parts, paradise and torments. And you add, how do you get that? Well, Jesus gave us a true story of, of, uh, of this, like one of the glimpses into, um, into the eternity, eternity. Let me get there in Luke. It's in Luke chapter 16 when he teaches us about the rich man and Lazarus. And Hades was divided into two categories. In one side was, was paradise, that, that's where Abraham's bosom was. Uh, Abraham's bosom was where those that died by faith would go to wait, because you see, there was that final work of the cross that needed to take place, so that when it says Jesus descended into hell, it doesn't mean he went to hell like you and I did. It's a matter of fact, according to Ephesians, he went to lead captivity captive. He went to set the captives free, uh, and however he did it, whether it was a quick glance or a, an appearance, um, he was releasing all those that died before the cross that were awaiting the fullness of what was promised to them in Christ. So that now, now Abraham's bosom is, is, is now known as uh, heaven and the presence of God um, in eternity. And now Hades is just the torments part. And remember, hate, death in Hades is going to be thrown, it's still temporary, at the end of Revelation, it's going to be thrown into the lake of fire, and it will be, after the great white throne judgment, it will be eternally, there'll be an eternal damnation in the, in, uh, in the place known as 
Gehenna. So three questions and three answers. Thank you very much, Pastor Ed. I appreciate your insight on this matter. I think it's a great observation. You know, you've got all the markings. Great Bible studies come from great observations. Even when you're looking at a creed, we want to be like the, the Bereans and test all things by the Word of God. God bless you, Pastor See you, man. And uh, have a good sure. day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Eddie, Eddie is on line two from Inglewood, Colorado. Eddie, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, I'm actually really well. Just you know, uh, fighting, uh, fighting the flesh with the spirit. Okay, that's, uh, that's common. What I'm working on. Um. Basically, I just need prayer. Uh, I got to go into the school and talk with uh, one of my son's um, teachers. Yes. Um, uh, she didn't go too far into detail, but I know it has to deal with uh, my son saying he wants to hurt himself. Okay. Uh, this came up roughly six months ago. My seven-year-old said he wants to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know a lot of the cause of it, and okay. it's just starting to bring in frustration and yeah. Um, I want to snap on her and everything else, but I'm just giving it to the Lord. Um, that's what I got to do. So I need prayer for strength when it comes Friday, because I know come Friday, uh, first thing in the morning, um, I know for a fact I'm going to want to lash out because these things could have been prevented a long time ago. Um, it's just hard to do it when you only have one person wanting to work on it. Um, well, let's pray. So maybe I could get prayer for that. And the second thing is, I know we have a lot of listeners. Maybe I could pick it up Sunday after church, um, but maybe if somebody knows a therapist for adolescent kids that have a biblical background, I know a lot of worldly therapists. Unfortunately, I don't like the fact that they bring the world into it and they leave God out of it, and it's just vain therapy. So maybe if somebody knows of a therapist um, and they could just text you or email it to you and Maybe I could pick it up Sunday after church if they know somebody that has a biblical background in the field of uh, therapy that would be good for my kids. Um, I'd maybe need prayer for that. And if nobody knows, maybe we could just pray that I could find somebody okay. um, that has it. Let's do that. Father, I pray for my brother Eddie as he uh, faces this uh, meeting and uh, already anticipates already anticipates the, the challenge to his flesh it will be. But I know, God, you're doing a new work in this, brother, and this is such a great occasion for you to be shown strong and such a great occasion for you to be shown, um, uh, to you to you to be glorified in a very difficult thing. And Lord, just looking for help, too, with um, a man or a woman who loves you, but who knows and been trained on how to do family therapy and to work through some of the complications with Eddie and his kids and, and their mother. And I know that, that you're the God of all creation. You, you're the one that spoke creation into existence. And you're the one that can do the impossible. And so I pray that you would show yourself strong in my brother's life and that you would be glorified through this situation, that you take these thoughts away from his, from his son's heart, that he might... Um, get the kind of attention that he needs and he's asking for, uh, and that even at a young age, he would value his life in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, Eddie. God bless you, bro. <laughs> 303-690-3000. I really apologize, guys. I'm trying to do my best uh, with all this. Let me see if I get a cough drop or something here. Uh, we're going to move on to line one. It looks like it's Misterson from Pennsylvania. Misterson, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're yes, on the air, my uh, friend. Yes, I can hear you. Great. What can I do for you? Yes. Um, I have several questions, but we'll, I'll just ask the one today. Okay, great. Um, um, why did Jesus say to some people, um, go and tell no one of what you saw here today or what you heard? Yes. And then to others, he said, uh, go and tell everyone. Um, I know some of that stuff he did was to for the uh, prophecy to be fulfilled, but why, you know, the two different um, responses he gave to uh, people? Okay, so this is one of those questions, Mr. Sin, that the Bible doesn't answer. The Bible doesn't say why. Um, okay. Ho- however, we can we can come to some conclusions and we can come to some educated guesses. Uh, okay. <laughs> one of them... <laughs> One of them, I believe, is that Jesus had a specific timing that he was on. He was on a specific timetable. And so there were those times early on where he didn't want for the ministry that was going on in his life to become more popular so quickly. And so he would give instruction, hey, don't go tell anyone. A second reason, I think, that he did this, even though they didn't always listen to him, <laughs> they did go yeah, tell. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. But a second reason was, I think, is a personal test to the person, a personal test of whether they would follow through with a command from him or not, and how God, you know, how God dealt with that eternally, you know, in, in eternity, I don't know, but I think it was a yeah. test. I think he was testing them to see if they would obey him or not, but primarily I think it's because he was on a specific timetable, and and he was giving direction for them to keep the timetable. Okay, that, yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking maybe it's because of the people's character and um, people wouldn't believe them or, but yeah, I can see that. That's my thought. I mean, I think I think that um, it, it wasn't to hide anything. It wasn't to keep things in the dark. It, it wasn't anything like that. It was, it was primarily, um, look, I'm on a mission. And yeah. I don't want to be interrupted on this mission, even though he knew that the mission would be interrupted. He knew that word would get out. It would, I mean, it, it, it would, it would be impossible for word not to get out. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. about, do you have one by, do you have one of those passages by any chance? I'm trying to look um, uh, here in Matthew, uh, let's see, Matthew 16. Um, no, he commanded his disciples they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So let's see. Um, this is back at Caesarea Philippi. We were just there. I taught this study right there at Caesarea Philippi, where the big cave that was dedicated to the Greek god Pan was also known by the by the pagans of the day as the Gate of Hades. Remember, because that's where Jesus said, uh, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail yeah. against it. Well, it's right there in Caesarea yeah. Philippi. There's a big cave there. And and so after he gives this great revelation at the end, he says he commanded his disciples to tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ, um, even though they already believed it, right? Because that yeah. was the question, who do men say that I am? But he was on yeah. a particular timetable. And, okay. 
that was one of the reasons why he told them, don't do it. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I was just uh, revising Luke today, and I noticed that, that he told some people, hey, don't tell anyone. And others he told, hey, go tell everyone. Yes. And, you know, kind of, I was wondering why he did that. Okay. That's a good Thank observation. Thanks so for your insight. Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye, Mr. Sin. Thank you. Call again. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Let's see who's next. Obadiah is calling from Aurora. Obadiah, welcome to the program. God bless you, Pastor Ed. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you? Doing great. I'm really blessed. Um, thanks to God. I have a, a real quick uh, question. Um, it's a little weird one, actually. Okay. I don't know if you, ever, if you have ever received one like this before or not. Um, maybe it's none of my business to know this or not, but I guess it's it's a curious question um, regarding time travel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a little weird. No? Um, do I don't mean? follow those things at all, but like I've seen it on YouTube and stuff, like time travelers coming from this year or that year traveling to 2017, 2018, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, if it's possible, why would God allow something like that? You know, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me at all why those guys exist if they do exist, you know? Yeah, so, I, I, mean, I don't think they is, exist, but if they did exist, why would God allow it? I would say, because it's a great, I mean, it's, an, it's a unique question. Nobody's ever answered it, but, uh, you know, thinking out loud with you, I think one of the reasons that God would want to uh, or would allow something like that is just for the he his old purposes would only be for the gospel. So, if scientists were able to get that that smart and create some kind of machine, um, he would allow it for the purposes of revealing himself that he's smarter than even the scientists and for the proper proclamation of the gospel. Um, that that's his whole purpose. He's winding everything down. Um, and using all things together for the good for those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. So if he did allow it, he would use it. Uh, but remember, from God's perspective, God is outside of time. So somebody traveling through time is is yeah. really going nowhere because you're always in that eternal now when it comes to God. So they're not really making any progress at all um, in the presence of God because he's outside of time. Yep, I agree. I agree. That's all. I just wanted to know. Oh, it's great. Um, I appreciate the time, Pastor Ed. Thank you, Obadiah. Um, yes, you have an amazing, blessed um, weekend. Thank and you. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Julie calling from Denver. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how are you? Oh, well, you know. Uh, I do know. <laughs> my throat is a little scratchy, and uh, um, I have to push this button every few minutes to clear my throat. But other than that, and jet lagging, other than that, I'm doing great. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yes, what's up? Uh, I have a question um, about prayer, and actually my, my circumstances that, um, with the change of leadership in my job, yes, um, it's not going well, and I've been um, praying about this for a really long time, um, about seeking employment elsewhere. I've been um, on the job for quite a while, so um, kind of this is, you know, job hunting is new for me, but um, I mean, I'm stable in my job. Yes. But my question is, um, in my prayers, I feel like I'm now at the point of um, begging and 
just I'm like in, engrossed by the things that I, you know, I, I really want to get out of this job. And there's a potential um, new job opportunity, but I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm begging okay. God. I'll tell you what. We'll and I just want to know what's, uh, it's, it's waking me up at night. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let me. Let, we're coming up. We got thirty seconds to the break, so I'll put you on hold, and then I'll take. Um, I'll take you after the break. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions. Going to talk about prayer uh, right after the break, and a great question on dispensational theology. Uh, looking forward to answering that as well. So stick around. I'm going to clear my throat a little bit and see if the Lord might not give my a little bit of my voice back for the second half. We'll be right back to Calvary Life. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. Glad you joined us. 303-690-3000, That's the texting line. It's a dedicated texting line. Uh, and if you can't get on the air, text us. We'll try to fill some of the airtime with texts if we need to. But right now I'm going to get right... We have an open phone line, by the way, so grab it while you can. I want to uh, get back to Julie. Julie uh, is calling in from Denver. She had a question about prayer. Welcome back, Julie. So the question was, you found that your prayer life's becoming more of a pleading and a begging, and it's it's actually um, causing you sleep um, discomfort, at, you know, waking you up in the middle of the night. Yes. Well, I don't think the prayer is waking you up in the middle of the night. I think you're anxious and worried. And I've been praying not to be anxious and not to be worried, because I know that that's what the Word tells us. Yes. And I don't know how not to be. Well... One of the ways that, um, first of all, let me say that being anxious and worried is normal. You've got some big life-changing decisions, and so you are being normal. And, and as a believer in Jesus Christ, he promises beyond normal, right? So he lifts us to a higher level, and that higher level is faith. And the key bri- bridge between the anxiety that you have and the prayer life that you have, because, you know, it, there's, I, I, I think that, I think that there may be uh, something you're trying to describe that words can't describe, because the Bible speaks of being persistent in prayer. The Bible speaks of being determined in prayer. Uh, all of those are good things, but it sounds like um, prayer has actually be- a, become a tool of control for you instead of a tool of submission. Yeah, and, and actually that's that's what I'm... I'm trying to make sure that it doesn't become. And so, um, so the Bible promises to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God. You've been doing that. So that once you do that, the Bible promises you and me that if we do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will rule our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And there may be one step left that you need to practice. It may not happen right away, but after you're praying, you know, in the middle of the night, you wake up, you just, a quick God, I'm awake, I'm back in your presence, I commit this situation to you, good night, and accept the peace that he's given you 
that no matter which direction this goes, God knows what's best, and he's going to take good care of you, even if it's painful, even if the answer, you know, because a lot of times we think that the answers to our prayers will be everything that we want, but that's not always God's answer. What we want may not be what God wants. Right. And so we, we that bridge between anxiety and desperate prayer is faith. And just saying, God, I trust you with the outcome of my life. Good night. Okay. So and, that may um, keep me from feeling like, I mean, I, I understand I'm supposed to be persistent, but I don't, but I, you know, I mean, who am I to be pushy? Well, I mean, the Bible commends um, the persistent widow for persisting and continuing on. Um, but that doesn't mean you're disrespectful to God. It doesn't mean that... Now, now if, if persistence to you means that you're demanding from God, then that's your problem. Right, and I'm, and I'm definitely not. Okay. I'm definitely not. So then persistence is not... Persistence should always be... I guess I put it this way. Persistence should always end by laying it before God. Like even, even physically, you might even have a piece of paper with your prayer and you just put it on the nightstand and leave it there for God to answer. Just leave it there. And accept his answer. And calming your mind, you know, as your mind's just running, 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 captivated by worry, the exact opposite. So if you wake up in the middle of the night, you go, God, I cast it before you again. You know I don't want to be up. You know that I love you. So please, I ask you to give me the sleep that I need tonight. And you just put your head back on the pillow and go back to sleep in faith. Uh, I will try. I feel like I I do that, but it's inconsistent. So it is in all our lives. To find the consistency. <clears throat> you're just you, what you're doing is what most of us live out in our lives, and that is the 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 battle between what the Bible calls the battle between the flesh and the spirit. And we all go through this battle. You're not alone. But I can tell you, the promise is that God will give you a peace. So receive it by faith and accept it. Okay. Call back next week and tell me how the week went, would you? I will. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Okay, so we had this text question on dispensational theology. I want to make it really simple for you. Uh, and that is, what is dispensational theology? Think of dispensations as time periods. Uh, and dispensational theology believes that God has dealt with people in different time periods. Now, before <clears throat> you allow yourself to get caught up in all the debate around dispensational theology, don't consider yourself, you know, don't back out of this thought and go, I'm not dispensational. Anyone that believes in the new covenant is dispensational. If you say today, I believe in a new covenant, or maybe even in more simple, um, you say, I believe in a uh, that Jesus Christ, uh, his death fulfilled all of the Old Testament. If you think if you think that God dealt with the Jews through the old covenant and there's a new covenant, you're a dispensationalist. Now you may not be a, all the technical uh, the technical definitions. I forget how many dispensations they say there are. Um, I don't really remember, uh, but um, if you believe in a new covenant, you're a, you believe in dispensations. You believe in at least two of them. Now there is a system of theology known as dispensationalism, and again they go through a variety of of time periods within the Bible, uh, and 
Um, and then there is the hyper dispensationalism, uh, where it actually limits God from doing one thing that he can't do in another dispensation. Um, and there's really strong distinctions in the dispensations that are, are defined. And, and I found it, there are actually seven basic dispensations that dispensationalists hold to. Innocence, conscience, human government, promise, law, grace, and the millennial kingdom. Uh, and now the question uh, on the text was, that's a basic uh, understanding of dispensationalism, and the question on the text was, does Calvary Chapel believe in dispensationalism? And in some degree, we do. Uh, we are not ultra-dispensationalists, uh, but we certainly do believe in dispensationalism, that God has dealt with people in different ways, um, uh, by grace, and that there is a millennial kingdom, and that there are different times of how God has dealt with man. So yes, um, uh, that's such a summary for a radio program, but um, that is the summary I have to offer. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go on to Derek is calling from Fort Collins, Colorado. Derek, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Thank you. What's up? Um, I'm calling for some prayer and maybe some insight. Um, uh, I lost my father two and a half years ago. I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been tough, you know. Very hard. It's uh, definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but I definitely can see why God did it. And, you know, he's been growing me and building me. Yes. And uh, so with that, um, the Holy Spirit's kind of been, you know, opening my eyes to the reality that, you know, he was the spiritual head of our household. And now that he's gone, my brothers and I and my mom all need to become the spiritual heads of our own household. Okay. Um, If that makes sense. Like, uh, I, so much, you know, through this whole process, I've realized how... um, I, I often looked to my father as my source. Yes. When God is my source, and and God has really opened my eyes to that, and you know now I press into to God for just about everything. Um, yes. But with that, you know, this has been a process where God has been growing me and shaping me since He's taken my father, and um, I'm a little concerned for my mother and um, one of my brothers, um, as it just seems they just kind of are sliding away from, you know, walking close with God. Um, And it's concerning. Uh, I just keep, you know, I want to minister to them when the opportunities arise and, and not overstep my bounds. But more than anything, I just keep giving my concerns and fears over to God um, in prayer, because ultimately I know He's the only one that can work on their hearts. Yes. Um, But yeah, you know, I'm concerned. Since my brother is now living with his girlfriend, my mom is seeing some guy, and, you know, it's not, my opinion doesn't matter. My, you know, I don't, I haven't pressed in, I haven't pushed into her life. But the things, you know, the few times we have talked about it, 
the Holy Spirit within me is able to see the Holy Spirit within her convicting her. As we talk about certain topics, I can feel her conviction, her guilt. And, um, you know, in those moments, I could probably, you know, call her out on it or, or say, you know, dig into it, but I don't want to. I don't want it to be something that drives us apart, but at the same time, um, you know, in my personal walk with God, I've I've learned that the Holy Spirit will tell me what I need to do. Amen. And I, you know, it's it's never what my flesh wants, and and too many times in life I have gone with what I want, and it it takes away my peace. It's yes. this emotional roller coaster where I constantly find myself right back in the exact same place I was months ago. Yes. And I can feel she's going through that, and she's playing this game with God where she knows what she should do, and she's not doing it. And I'm concerned. Her, She has a roommate, and her roommate texted me last. She's concerned. I, You know, I, my mom's broken. She's hurt. It's a hard, hard You season. know, I... I know the loss of my father has really affected her yes. relationship with God. Yes. Um, when they got married, she was not saved. Um, his faith, you know, very much in a way became her faith. Yeah. And now with him gone, I'm just, I'm really concerned. She's just, you know, turning away. And I know that, I know the Holy Spirit's convicting her. And, and the fact that she doesn't want to trust God, she... You know, ultimately, she's 66 and 67, and, um, you know, she doesn't want to be alone the rest of her life. That's her big fear. Um, So she, you know, she thinks she wants to go out and find it and find the man that's going to, you know, give her what she needs. And this man is not it. And if, if she keeps playing this game, God's eventually going to give her over to her desires, and she's going to be left even more broken and hurt. Yes. And and I couldn't sleep less. It's weighing on me. Um, I don't want, you know, like I said, I don't want it to be a point of contention between her and I. Yeah. Um, you know, for the last couple months, I've, it, through this whole process, my relation, my dependence on God is growing so much. And, um, you know, with that, I, I continually ask and pray for wisdom, discernment, and understanding. And, and with that, it's almost, it's almost ugly, um, because God shows you the, the, the motivations of men's hearts and, um, you know, I'm just concerned for her. I don't know how to approach it. And um, let me give you a suggestion. You know. Yeah, go ahead. Um, because the excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, because the loss of your dad um, is is one of the things that connects you guys. Um, I would use that as a opportunity to speak to her about how she, okay. you know, how is she feeling? How are you feeling, mom? Um, are you sleeping well at night? You know, begin to to, to to speak to her about that part of her life because mm-hmm. I know it's still raw. You know, a lot of yeah. reason, I, I don't know for sure, but the way you're describing it, a lot of the reason she's out chasing is trying to cover the pain and yeah, cover no, the fear. Yeah, very much. And, 
you know, what, what the world calls coping mechanisms, um, the Bible calls idolatry. Yeah. And, and what, what I mean by that is that she thinks somehow in her mind, um, because of her loneliness and all the years that she spent with your dad and such, that if she can just fill that void with another man, um, everything will be fine. And, and you yeah. know as well as I do, no one will ever replace your props uh, no. in, in your life or in her life. And, and it is, it could very well be God's will for her to have another man in her life. Um, it's a little awkward and hard to think of, but it's possible. Um, just not the way that she's going about it as you see. Yeah. So, yeah. so without being confrontational, I think when we talk about grief, for example, one of the things you could do is invite her, say, Hey mom, I found this grief share class in town. Would you go with me? And mm-hmm. she did attend grief share at good. Aurora, um, you know, a couple oh, did she finish? after his passing and, and attended for a couple months. Did she finish it? Um, do you know? I don't. Okay. Um, but like you were saying, you know, there's still so much pain. Yes. And she wants to, you know, and we all do this. Sure. We all want to distract ourselves from the true reality of our situations. Of and, but that's not, you know, it's not going to, it's not the answer. It's going to make Turn, things worse, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I truly believe that, you know, God's got a man for her. And where she should be focusing is serving so God. The Lord, that's and, right. and in that, in serving God, God will heal her, and then once she's ready, you know, there, in serving God, God will place that man in her life, but instead she wants to go, you know, work an equation in A plus B, and if I do this, right, I might get that, that I would desire, but I'm just, you know, ultimately, she's going to be left broken. This guy is not a believer, and yeah. that's what that's really concerns me. He's not a man of God. Well, let's pray for your mom, and, and let me just say, too, that your mom is, um, is, is a truly blessed woman uh, to have a son like you, and, and I know as you're talking through this, other people are listening in and just thinking, man, I'm in a similar family situation. It seems impossible. It seems beyond, a, but God is able to break through. Don't ever forget Saul of Tarsus. We, we kind of are so familiar with that true story in Acts chapter 9 of Saul and Tarsus, that, oh yeah, he was on his way to Damascus, and he was going to kill Christians, and Jesus met him, and now he became Paul the Apostle. But, but this was an impossibility. Saul of Tarsus was so set in his religious ways that, that he really believed that he was doing God a service by killing Christians. I mean, today we would call someone like Saul a terrorist, and God yeah. changed him in a moment of time. And he, he turned the direction of his life in a complete opposite direction. Uh, and all the while, by the way that Paul, uh, Saul answered the, Jesus when he was speaking to him on the road to Damascus, and he fell off his animal, all the while, we know that Saul knew what was happening. He knew about these things, but he was so pushing it away, pushing it away. You know, yeah. no doubt the death of Stephen troubled him so much that he was a tormented man. And I hate, I hate to even suggest that, but I have a feeling... Um, and I, it's, it's hard to hear, but I have a feeling your mom deals with some torment. Um, she's not a peace. She's not a woman at peace right now. And we need to pray that the Lord would apprehend her heart and she would know her value first to her God and not to this man that doesn't love her God. So let's pray. Okay. Father, I pray for my brother, uh, Derek's, uh, mom and, and you just know everything. You know it all. We, we only know a piece of it. We only know a portion of it, but you know it all. And you, you have the whole picture. And I just pray, God, that you would deliver her 
from her own feelings, uh, from her own sense of wanting peace, and from her, um, you know, just wanting to, to do it herself and uh, wanting to control. Would you bring comfort into this family as each of the family members is having to come to terms with the loss of such a great leader? Um, and even as we're thinking of Billy Graham today, um, heaven is so much richer, but we mourn and grieve our losses. And uh, I know the Bible says we don't grieve like the unbeliever, but we grieve. We grieve with hope. And so I just prayed for Derek, Lord, that you would continue to use him, comfort him, and, and just remind him on a daily, moment-by-moment basis of your presence and how much you love his mom and that there is, um, there's hope, God, because you're the God of hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ed. Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Hey, um, just welcome you guys on Hope FM, on Truth FM, uh, of course here on Grace FM. Just so much, um, so much. I was listening to someone the other day, and she was just mentioning how all of her friends, all of her close friends, are really going through something heavy. And isn't that the case? So many around us just going through heavy stuff, and uh, and yet. In the heavy stuff, the Lord is faithful, so faithful, so wonderful. And yet we often, I was was praying with a brother today, just talking about limping. There's a limp through life that that none of us have it all together, that so many of us are limping through life. Anyway, we're going to be at Calvary tonight, teaching a Finishing up 2 Kings chapter 4, coming together for a time of worship in the Word. You're welcome to join us either here live at 7 p.m. Colorado time, or you can join us online at calvaryaurora.org, or on our app, or you can listen live on Grace FM or through the Grace FM app. We make it available many, many different ways. We're studying the book of 2 Kings, and I can't wait to be back with the saints tonight after being in Israel. All right, let's see if we can take this call. Line two is Shannon in Fort Collins. Shannon, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. What can I do for um, you? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually, I have a question okay. about um, what the Bible says about surgery and whether or not, as a believer, it's um, acceptable for surgery. Okay. Um, and because I know that uh, there's, quite a bit of people that, you know, believe that we should just focus on God's healing and, um, you know, that it it kind of just manifests um, supernaturally versus, um, you know, going through the world's way of doing things, which is, you know, physically going in for surgery or whatever. Um, I have a heart condition that I was diagnosed with five years ago, and um, it just gets worse as you get older. Yes. Um, But there's a surgical procedure that you can do that basically eradicates it um, and and is pretty much curative. Um, But I've been getting a lot of confliction um, from, you know, hearing what people have to say. Okay. Let's let's answer it, because we're almost out of time. So the Bible doesn't say, have any prohibition against medicine or surgery. As a matter of fact, 
the Bible says that Paul traveled with his own personal physician. Did you know that? No. Do you know what his name is? Luke? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Luke was Paul's, many believe he was Paul's uh, personal physician because Paul had an issue with his eyesight. And Paul was right. also, excuse me, Paul was also used as a man of God that God used to heal people, and yet he didn't heal himself. Why not? Yeah, I don't, I don't have that answer. <laughs> I, I can tell. I'm, I'm going to put it all together for you. That I had, I had been wondering, and because um, I knew that Paul had an issue with his eye, and yeah, I'm gonna, also, I'll, I'll tell you why God didn't heal, why Paul didn't heal himself, because he couldn't. Only God heals, and God heals supernaturally. God heals through surgeons, through surgery. When you get a headache, do you take a Tylenol? Sure. Or chew on tree bark, whichever people choose. You know, there's alternative medicines, right. but, you know, that's where aspirin came from, a tree bark, I think. Um, and so if you can step in and allow God to use medicine to bring relief from headache, you can surely step in, if you have a piece about it, to get this surgery that would make pain go away. There's no prohibition in the scripture. So be careful of those folks that go, well, you know, only God heals supernaturally and you don't have enough faith. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, thank you for that. I You're welcome. That. You're welcome, and you know, God, be, God can heal you supernaturally, he, and He can heal you supernaturally naturally, or He can let right. it go and not heal you at all. And your final healing will be when you're in the when you shed this earthly body, and you're in the presence of the Lord. But one way or another, God's going to heal you. Amen. Thank you. Would you mind praying for me? Not at all. Let's do that. God, I pray for my sister Shannon and so many others listening in that have a chronic condition that can be discouraging and difficult at times. And, and even some listening, um, surgery wasn't the answer. Uh, it didn't work or it, didn't ha it, it couldn't happen or, you know, there's so much going on in life. And yet I thank you for doctors and for the knowledge you've given within the scientific community to find healings and to find cures. And even so, as we experience healing, it's only temporary. Um, it's only a temporary thing for a temporary body. And we all await, Lord, our new bodies to be in your presence. So be with my sister Shannon and bring, re bring relief. We pray for healing in her life in Jesus' name. Whether you do that supernaturally and in a miraculous way or, God, you do that supernaturally in a natural way, we ask for it nonetheless in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, let's jump over real quick. I can, I've got about a minute or so. Eileen from Coffeeville, Maryland. I like that. Coffeeville. What kind of coffee is it? Oh, Eileen, are you not with us? Oh, I got the wrong button. Sorry. Hit the wrong button. Sorry, Eileen. Are you still with us? Yes, I'm still with you. What kind of coffee is it? No, it's, it's Cockyville. Oh. C-O-C-K. E -Y. Oh, well, it was fun when we called it Coffeeville, but we were wrong. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> I like that one better. so we got one minute. I can answer your question in one minute. Okay, I just wanted to know if your body's cremated, would you still, you know, does the body still go to heaven, you know? Yes, you will still have a resurrected body. What cremation does, um, as my pastor once said, what, creation, uh, what cremation does in 20 minutes is what the natural processes do in 20 years. 
Oh, okay. That's and good. We want to pray and for your grandson, Joshua. My grandson is going into the Navy okay. on Tuesday, and I just wanted to say a prayer. Is he listening right now? Yes, he's enlisted, and he goes in on Tuesday. How about listening to the radio? Is he listening to the radio? No, he's not. Okay, if you have him listen at this time next week, he'll hear this call, and I just want to say thank you, Joshua, for serving serving our country and enlisting in the Navy, and it's my honor to pray for you. So, Father, I pray for Joshua as he steps in this vital role to um, fulfill his commitment to serve our country. Um, Take him, keep him safe, and bring him home, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Bye, Eileen. All righty. God bless you guys in Maryland. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right. We're up at the end of the program today. Thank you guys for your patience. Hopefully, I have more of a voice tomorrow. Um, I hopefully have a voice in an hour uh, where I can share the gospel. It's, this is a great section of Second Kings, just ministering to my heart, where the Word of God is just coming alive as Jesus is the bread of life. He is the door, the good shepherd, and we can trust him with our lives. As hard as things get, as difficult as things are, God is faithful. Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. So just commit your ways to him, Cast all your cares upon him, and he cares for you. Come out to Calvary tonight, 7 p.m. God bless you guys in Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM. Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow, same time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.